five, four, three. And welcome to the Seth's Crew Snoop Podcast with your hosts, Andrew from Bay Ridge, Billy Porkchop, Masiello, and David Jiggy Viggy Villione. All right, let me get a little introduction here for Danny. We got Danny Christensen, the first ballot, our Masters Black and Yellow Hall of Famer, drafted in the fourth round, 108th overall pick. Some said he should have stayed with our Masters Black and Yellow and gave up the Major League contract, but he chose otherwise. He was also suspended August 15, 2009. Pitcher of the Week in the Minor Leagues, June 16, 2008. Also midseason All-Star, 2008. Came back in about 2000, I want to say, when did you come back to our Masters? 2010, 11 maybe? 2010, 10, 11. Like came for a championship? Back for a championship in which we won. Came out there, performed as a veteran player, more defensive than offensive. He once changed the softball rules, and he was in the forefront of the Balco investigation for the home runs he was hitting. But he was found not to have used performance-enhancing steroids during softball, and that's it. And Lou changed the rules because of this man right here, Daniel Christensen. All right. You know what the actual, the actual telling on that investigation was? Everyone knew that if Danny had done steroids, he wouldn't be playing softball with us at all. Well, <laughs> I don't know. He was still playing pretty softball. Pretty much that simple. He, he, he was playing right. softball with us as the 108th overall pick. It probably wasn't the best move of all time. I'm not going to say. How many if I was on steroids, I would have probably been many, the 8th pick. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Yo, how many, wait, Dave. How many, how many teams are in this league? 108 divided by 4. Is there, is there an odd number of teams? Is that what just happened here? What kind of division? I think are everyone these? gets a few picks per round. Yeah. Oh, all right. 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 I just needed the math to add up. I'm a logical kind of guy. You got to call Mikey for math. You know, he's the Asian guy. You got to call him. Oh, oh, first agent at math of all time. That's uh, a shame, right? He's in all the E classes. <laughs> Every he year. is good. He is good at making balloons, though. He's That's a big balloon, big balloon guy, and he's yeah, actually I'm, good at it. I'm going to definitely give him – hey, shout out to Three Amigos Balloons. Yes. Three Amigos Balloons. Check them out on Instagram. Great company for a party or anything like that. Mikey Trinos is the presidente of the company, and he does a great job, that kid. Great job. And if you want to buy, like, a blow-up doll, you don't have to go through, that, like, that really awkward moment when you go into a sex store, and there's, like, two or three people in there, and you're kind of just standing at the counter, and you're like, I'll take that rubber thing over there on the left side. And the guy – and the counter's like, what'd you say? He's like, the liver thing over there. And the liver, what'd, you, what'd you say? The fucking blow-up doll, asshole. I'm going to fuck a rubber doll. Mikey can help with that. He can make you a blow-up doll out of balloons so you never have to go through that. And knowing the things that Mikey has done, he's not going to judge you. So, you, ladies and gentlemen, Amigos Balloons. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, Hoo-Ha, Dog Rap, all those fucking websites. Check it out. Do you think Mikey has had sex with a doll? Ah, uh, What do you mean a doll? I'm going to say no. Specify doll. Danny's going Specify no. Doll. Specify doll. Okay, I'm going to say. I've seen no some of the that. characters he does. No that. But I'm still going no. I'm going to actually say he has messed, he has messed with a sexual doll. Crotch. You ever think he's rubbed a balloon face on his crotch? Not full on sex. Wait, you're talking about like, like a, hold on, like, like one of the balloons like he makes? Like a six-grade thing. Like, yeah, he, like, 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 a, like, a, like an Elsa balloon? I don't know. I think he makes balloons that look like people, too. Uh, all right. I mean, I, I would assume he's done that, you know? I don't, I don't judge him. It is what it is, you know? Sometimes you get lonely and you got the balloon sitting there looking at you. You got to do what you got to do. Get a few Jamesons, right? You got to 
You got to do no, it. I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's I mean, ever there, There's porn. I mean, he, if anything, <laughs> yeah. he'd probably go to porn rather than do that, I would think, you know? Just hypothetically, I'm not saying he's been in that situation, but since we're talking about this topic, I, I think he'd go to porn rather than doing the balloon thing. Right. You're a Pornhub porn guy? I don't. Listen, yeah. I don't think there yeah. is not one. I don't think there is not one balloon in his inventory that can hashtag me too. Not one. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, really quickly, I just want to touch on something I thought about the other day. You guys are all familiar with the hashtag Me Too, right? Yes. Yes. Now, now, being the age that we are, prior to that little sign being a hashtag, what was that known as on the phone? Pound. Pound. That was Pound. Pound so Me Too. Say that? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Pound Me Too. Oh <laughs> they think God. about that? Yeah, that's you great. what they're doing? <laughs> They kind of dropped the ball on that, right? Well, I'll be honest. I didn't think of that. You really just blew me away with that one. The pound me two movement. You'll be thinking about that all week. I'm actually gonna use. I'm gonna. I am gonna use that so much that I'm gonna bring that up everywhere I go. <laughs> that was that was very nicely done. Oh man. <sighs> so, dude, right, so, uh, so uh, Dan, let me ask. Hold on, I'm gonna ask Danny. Um, growing up in the Bay Ridge Sunset area, any what's your positives of growing up around here? Because I've when you bring up, I've seen documentaries on people like Chris Mullen, who went you know play professional this and that. He kind of knocks the neighborhood and says it kind of brought him down because he was a full fledged alcoholic because of the neighborhood. That's what he gives on the neighborhood. I don't like that he does that. Um, hey, we started pretty early in the Green Island on 58th Street with Brendan McDonough. Well, good old Brendan McDonough. I should say, but uh, no, I loved it, man. Growing up in Bay Ridge, Sunset. I most mostly hang out in Bay Ridge, so That's I didn't right. hang out in Sunset Park too much. And then once I started playing travel baseball, I was never around to hang out much at all after that. I'm the same way. When, when I played, I, I realized it, it kept me – they would tell me stories like Billy and them, and I'd be like, fuck, I missed it. But they did crazy shit that – All the jungle knows? juice parties I missed that on, on, on uh, Galston Avenue over there. Ah, those were good parties, oh the jungle juice. <laughs> and that was before social media. You know, so it was like that was beeper days. Yeah, I, I didn't. I had to hear about it on like a phone call that I talked to somebody when I was in the Midwest or something. <laughs> That's the worst. Dan, what was your fa- your least favorite city to travel to and play in? I think they were actually serving in that diner. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Everything all, all the way around. Yeah, somebody like, hey, can I get some good Italian? They're like, there's an Olive Garden like two miles down the road. When you hear that, you know you're in trouble. Uh, yeah. So you don't Yo, ask that question. The- what affiliate is that? That when I played them, they were the Texas Rangers, but you know they signed three, four year contracts, and sometimes they switch around. From what I understand, though, they built a brand new stadium there, and it's really nice. In Clinton? But, yeah, but when I played there, it was like one of the oldest stadiums in minor league baseball, like behind the home team that I played for in that league, the Burlington Bees, which was like the oldest team field in, in minor league baseball. We had a trailer as a press box up in the now now <laughs> now you go to Burlington, they got a beautiful field, a water park, a casino. Or, really? It's like what? Oh, this was being built my last year there. <laughs> that hurts. But uh, Clinton, Iowa, by far, worst place to play. The, obviously, the playing services were always beautiful. You know, they have great ground screws, and they got the money to put into the playing service. But when it came to the dugout, the locker room. And the dugout, town itself. The town, everything. The hotel was horrible. Motel 6, that left the light off. Really? You know? So like, so, like, you got your schedule at the beginning of the year. You're not really so much looking at what teams you're going to play for competition. You're looking at what shithole you're going to have to go visit, right? <laughs> you, you know, you're only there, you're there for three days. You're on, on the field most of the day. So it's, there's not much exploring you do, you don't, especially in Clinton. 
And that's uh that's able. So most of the guys are a lot younger in, in that league too. So there's not much. That's wild. full season. That's that's short season. Full short. Season. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's low A. That's full season. Gotcha. Like the first full season that you can play. How many games is the full season today? 140 games. 100. Holy shit. They play 70 and 70, and you're you're uh, at at the All Star break. The the standings go back to zero. So oh, so it's seventy so games. So you have a first game, a first half winner, a second half winner that go to the. Oh, I see. Yeah, oh, that's pretty. That's crazy. I didn't it's know still that. Still, man. And then you know, second half, there's a lot of changes. It's not the same team you're gonna play in the first half. There's people that got hurt. There's people that moved up. There's people that moved down. You know. That's crazy. So you never really playing the same guys, give or take. No, you for the most part you're playing a core a core group core of guys. Group. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the, the 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 teams don't even give a shit about the minors, right? It's not about winning. The, yeah, the, min- the minor league teams are set up so like th- five to seven players on the team are playing every day until they're ready to go to the big leagues. You know? It's it's revolved around bringing until those guys. So you get guys. to double A. Double A, everyone is ready to go. You know, anybody, any, most of those guys can play in the big leagues. I know? always say like triple A, you're just basically waiting for an injury. Right. You're waiting for somebody to yeah, fucking mo- Most guys in triple A have big league time already. They were up and down on one of those guys. Now, well, let me ask you, do you know what it's like for the guy who – was the stud starting shortstop for the Yankees in AAA in 1997. Like, does he just give up on his life? Well, like, we could look at an even closer one for us, Eric Duncan, that we, we played against a little bit. Okay. He gets drafted in the first round for the uh, – what was it? I guess he was a – was he a first-round here? He was a first-round pick to the Yankees, the same – as a third baseman, the same year they signed Alex Rodriguez. So it was like – You're done. No, no matter how good he did. You're never getting yeah, it. And then, and then if you do well, they still don't want to really get rid of you. Because you're the, you, they wasted that pick on you, so you're their prospect. Yeah, and they put a million dollars into you, and I couldn't, you know, he was good. That, that's a lost call. That's so, that's terrible. Yeah. Oof. You this, just got to hope that you get thrown into a trade package at some point. Right. I mean, that's the goal. You got to be trade bait. I mean, that's your goal when you're in the minors. You're praying to get traded. Because you're never going to, even if Alex Rodriguez started to suck, it would take them 10 years to move him from the uh, lineup. He's never, he's never getting out of it. Well, that actually happened, remember? In, like, the middle of the season, he's like, I'm going to retire, but... They're still gonna pay me, and then I'm gonna be on the team, but I'm not gonna be on the team. And then I'm gonna watch me like on the really te- on, you're gonna watch me on TV just as much as you guys are. <laughs> exactly. And then I remember in the playoffs, Girardi got ridiculed for lowering him in the lineup. The guy was like 0 for 75. Bro, you lower that guy or take him out of the lineup. I don't care who he is. Man. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back uh, here for Danny. I, I got a question for him about. Playing for the 68th Precinct back in the day. Do you remember that? Yes. Prestige, Prestige pr- Printing. Prestige Printing was your team back in the day. Was you, uh, your brother played, Rob played on it? Uh, Rob might have played on it. And that Shane, team. right? Shane. Shane we was, had Anthony Acevedo. Anthony Acevedo was we a big had, one too. Um, Did you have Anton? We had Anton Ant- Zolotov. Anton Zolotov. He was amazing. He was good. He went to Fort Hamilton that kid. Yeah, I played he with him. was good. Yeah, he was a good and ball his brother player. brother was Caril. brother was Caril. Gangster, right? I don't know about doing? all that. I always wonder how those guys are doing. I, I haven't spoken to him forever, that Good guy. Good question. Listen, if we go into the social media world, we could find those motherfuckers. I'm telling yeah. you right now. Isn't it weird when you can't find them? Here's what you do. You tell your girl, you have somebody plant a seed <laughs> that you're gay, you're cheating on your wife with Kirill Zolotov, <laughs> she'll find them. <laughs> the FBI should just hire ex-wives. Oh, Never man. mind hiring people out of college. <laughs> Probably would work right there. Uh, I'm actually going to bring up a quick thing. I, last week, we were supposed to have Danny on. He didn't make it. This is for the viewers so they know what went on last week, how hardcore we I get it. I don't think they're viewers, Danny. I think they're listeners. Oh, listeners. You're right. Listeners. Uh, we got, yeah, I guess we don't have viewers yet. But, uh, we can edit that out. We well, can edit, edit that out. Live edit that out. 
No, we're not on live yet. I thought about that. We got to figure out how to go live at one point. Like do a live show one day. Let people call in. Well, Skype has a video button. Q&A. A little Q&A. Yeah, Q&A yeah. would be nice. That would be awesome. Uh, anyway, as I was saying, so last week I was – we were having a good podcast, guys, again. And I, I, I'm sitting here drinking, and I get drunk. I get really drunk right at this table right here, and I get wrecked. So they're talking, and I just – they don't even notice I'm fucking gone, but I had to, I had to piss. No, I'm sorry. I didn't have piss. I pissed in the fucking bottle. I finished one of these. I pissed in the bottle, and then I go. I had, I had to throw up, so I go run in the bathroom. <laughs> they're, they're talking. Like, I came back and listened. They didn't even know I was fucking gone for 10 minutes, these two. They were just talking to each other, and I go, and I puke in, in the bathroom, and then I got to take a shit. So I go. I'm taking a shit, and I'm like, I pass out. Like, I'm leaning, but at some point between the throw up and the shit, I went and I ran the tub. I'm like, yo, let me run the tub. I'm going to jump in. Nice. I fall asleep. I wake up to my face half covered on the floor in water. Bro, Danny, <laughs> it came out to this living room right here. What? With brand new rug right here because I destroyed the last one. Ankle deep in the living room of water. What? <laughs> I swear. She came home because she was out. She's like, what the fuck happened? There were puddles. What did the people downstairs say? They didn't say anything to us. Nothing. They didn't say a word. The first floor's feeling it right now. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Bro, that was, it was, it was fucking, I was drowning. I literally was on the bathroom floor, bubbling water out. And I, and I thought in my head, I'm like, ah, it's just the bathroom. Let me just clean this up. I didn't think to walk out here. I had to clean out my whole closet. Oh my Bro, God. it was fucking disgusting, bro. Disgusting. And that's what we do on the Stoop Podcast for our viewers. We go hard right here, all right? Oh, my God. I had never heard of that because I just threw up like last week too after a long night, but I didn't. I didn't run the water and or anything like that. I just kind of threw up in in the toilet and called it a night. I had never heard of that before. That was a that was unprecedented. You know, yeah. I, in my head, I was just thinking to like throw up. I'm like, all right, then I'm gonna cool off in the tub, relax, get to bed. I didn't want to go with the throw yeah. up. I just wanted to, and I took a big shit too. It was like it was a mix. I wanted to clean up before I hit that bed. And I knew if I would have soaked and went to bed, it would have been out, lights out. You know? Yo, did you did you look at the shit, Dave? I don't remember. Well, you said it was a big shit. It it was a big shit. How big was it? It was a, a loose shit. I had loose stool. So here's here, here's what I'm thinking about right now. You ever ask someone a question, but it's like an awkward lead-in question? Like, like you kind of know where you want to take the conversation, and that's why you ask them this question, just to see, like, where to gauge the conversation of if they're up for this conversation or not. Right, Something right, right. like this. Something like... Like I heard Dave just say, I took a big shit. So now I say to Dave, Dave, how big was this shit? Did you look at your shit? Now, can I get a consensus here? Does everyone look at their shit normally, routinely, yeah. sometimes? I'd love, you you got to check it, actually. Medically, I would say well, every now and then to check it's not a bad thing. I mean, I think I look at it almost every time because I stand up, turn around, and flush the toilet. Flush the toilet. You see it. Yeah. You don't, you're not so you always take a look at the shit. I guess, to make yeah. sure it all came all right, out. So you have, yeah. What's so, his blood? All right. So now an another vote. Another vote. Anyone ever get like that monster log that comes up out of the water? Yes. Yes, out of the water. The the, straight the, log. I've had a log. Yes. I, I'm more. Of, I have a loose shitting problem. It is a problem. You're a swirler. You're a swirler. I guess you call it a swirler. Like what? Ki uh, uh, Bud calls it kibbles and bits shit because it's broken up like kibbles and bits. But uh, or, or Doc's a flat shit. Flat shit. Yes, Doctor. Doc's a flat shitter. Um, Dan, you ever had the monster log? I have not not like monster monster. I've always tried to like you know when you feel that it's coming, it's not breaking, and you try to keep it going. 
But I, you know, I've it's never, like a yeah. cigar. You don't want to ash it. You know? let it keep going. Yeah. That's, where, that's where the pinching. That's where pinching a loaf comes right. from. And it's always yeah. like that's the one that no one ever flushes in the public restrooms either, because they're like, yes, you're proud of it. You leave that there. Oh, this next guy. So, do you ever look at? Do you ever look at like one of those big logs, like a large shit, and think to yourself, like, wow, how the fuck did that? Where, where was that inside yeah. of me? I, I Put definitely that on have. Instagram. Has that and ever been done before? And how did that get out of me? I had a guy that I played with in the minor leagues. I, f- I forget his name now. He was a lefty pitcher. He had a Facebook page called The Jackhammer. And it was all about the dump that he would take and how many wipes it would take. And he would name them, <laughs> what he ate beforehand. That's actually probably good if we anything medically. You can find that on Facebook still. I can do it. The Jackhammer? I'm not Facebook. So, it was a MySpace page. Is uh, MySpace so even around? Over. Done gone oh no 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 you first of all we can all log on there and get our photos off of there if you still know your past that's first of all (laughs) second of all um a lot of artists like music artists still do use myspace wow i didn't know that i didn't even think it existed i was was trying to i was trying to build before we go into a myspace i was trying to build towards a question here and would, would we agree that people have wondered how the hell did that thing fit out of me or where was it inside of me yes that's a fair absolutely that's a fair thought. Has everyone wondered that or not wondered that? I have wondered that. I haven't Dan? come across that many in my life, though. You know? It seems right. like, yeah, Danny's not a huge logger. Yeah. He's not a logger. I would say I'm more of a kibble, kibbles and bits kind of guy. I feel like so if you're I, getting a log, though, that's like a healthy shit. Like, no, if you get yeah, a big, like, every time I've gotten a log, I, like, I was eating healthy that you're, week. You're 100% right. I, I read up on it. Your, your shit should be, like, curved... You shape like your intestine if you're shitting healthy. That's the way it should be. I, so I don't, I don't shit healthy. Here's where, this, here's where this leads me. If that thing fit out of me, could something the same size fit in? I knew you were going. <laughs> Saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> Laying that one up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say that no. Does that mean I'm gay? No. <laughs> no, because it's ejecting. It's not injecting. Not if, that there's anything wrong with that. Nothing wrong no, with that. No, no. Of course not. Of course not. We support Hashtag the gay. pound me too. Yeah. <laughs> really pushing that, huh, Bill? Bill's big on that. Just feel like a good callback. It was coming back around. That same, mm-hmm. that same one there. Uh, I got a question for Danny. So, when did it for you click? Like, boom! I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna make a, a career out of this kind. I got a chance to make a career. Like before uh, minor league baseball. Before minor league baseball, like were you in fucking 68 precinct on Shore Road, and you're like, yeah, no, I'm gonna fucking. <clears throat> no, I still thought I could hit then, but. <laughs> I... <laughs> I was, I would say, yeah, in high school, my June, junior year, when I started really playing like travel ball, big teams like youth service and, and Bayside the, Yankees. Bayside Yankees, yeah. right? And uh, I played against like the Baltimore Oriolanders. That was my first time playing for the Bayside Yankees. I showed up, they gave me a uniform out of the out of the bag, you know, and it was like, <laughs> go ahead, go get them. Anybody who doesn't know, Bayside Yankees is a huge, huge travel team. With, I mean, they play the best of the best. I, I know people played on them played against all professional baseball players. That's that's what they play. Those are the future stars of major leagues. You want to see future players, the Bayside Yankees and the teams they play breed them. Yeah, so How did you pitch that day, Dan? I did. I pitched well. So the the team I was playing with, the Baltimore Orioles, they're owned by Cal Ripken, and uh, they have a beautiful stadium there. And <clears throat> It was the first game of the tournament, and I'm pitching against Gavin Floyd, and they're number one in the 18-under summer bowl team. And How old are you at this time? I'm 16. 16, okay. Because that's, yeah, 16 going on. Yeah, I'm 17 at that point, going into my going into my junior year. So, so uh, 
they have he's projected to go top five picks overall. They have every college in the country is there. Every every scout from every team. Every there's GMs. Brian Cashman is there. Everybody's there. Like everybody's at this game, and they all their all their team is going D one. Everybody, and I go out there and I strike out the first five batters of the game. <laughs> and it's my first time pitching for Bayside. Now my dad's like shaking his legs and doing. He's like, I see him kind of like chuckling and stuff, and I end up going five five innings, no runs, and we win. Two nothing. I beat Gavin Floyd, right? And oh shit! I'm like, holy shit! I should be back. I'm seven inning game, you know, back yeah. then. So that's when my dad comes to me after the, afterwards, and he he has just a stack of cards from every all the colleges that were there, um, the identification cards from all the uh, minor league teams, you know, yeah. to fill out for your for all your info. And I was like, you know, maybe I can. That's know. awesome. I mean, that's that's a shining point right there. When you beat a prospect or shut down a team like that, that's that's incredible. That's got to feel good. Especially, you know what? This got to feel good for you, Dad. Your dad must have felt fucking pumped, bro. Yeah, he because uh, before that it was just local baseball, you know. Like, exactly, you're playing, and, and you don't. And I understand. Dan, I you, feel like Dan. I feel like Bruce. I feel like Bruce loved pitching, loved you pitching more than you yeah, loved pitching. I, I could always find him in the stands, no yeah. matter where we were, and it was like he was always smiling. And my my brother Michael actually thing. umpired 68 priests once. It was like farm league, so it's like it's like below little league, and Bruce was coaching and. The, the guy, the team, uh, Bruce's team was playing was, I forget what team it was, but they were bad. Like, they were the bad team. And, like, their pitcher couldn't throw strikes. So, Bruce, he gave, like, a rule to his team. Nobody can swing. Like, you can't swing at the first pitch. <laughs> you can't swing at the second pitch. The third, you were not allowed to swing in your bat. The kid ended up walking the mercy in the entire game. But it was kind of like my brother was like, yeah, this is like farm league, man. He, he told his players they weren't allowed to swing the entire game. And he, winners he, win. Absolutely, hey, it winners was a win. winner's mentality, and it won the game. Mercy, it was like Especially four innings done. Especially when you're swinging over your head and you're striking out. <laughs> yeah. He said, "Don't swing the bat. This kid's gonna walk everybody. <laughs> Just stand there." And he won the game. That's good. That's good coaching because that's real life. Now you're you're 100. Not everybody gets a shot. He's gotta figure Not everybody it out. gets a shot. You gotta figure it out right. on the, the fly. Right. But the younger people figure out that. The world is not fair, and the rest of the other team's not going to help you because they feel bad. That nah. goes into business. That goes into life. That goes into college. That that's an important lesson right there. Now, I don't a, know if that's what he was going for, or if he just wanted to win in that day. But there is an important lesson there. That that's the beauty. Really that's the beauty people have to see in sports. Like that's to me. That's what I see in sports. It's not about. It's not about what happens on the field really it's about the mentality you get from the field from the court wherever you play you can't get that mentality listen i understand classroom stuff is important i'm not saying it's not all that stuff's important but you can't get that mentality that i need to win or what i need to do to win you can't get that in a classroom there's nothing you can learn like that on a field going against head-on one-on-one whether it's football whether it's basketball baseball soccer anything Going head-to-head like that, you can't learn that anywhere. You can't be taught that in, unless you experience it. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm a huge – you know me, I'm huge on sports because I believe in it. I really believe in it. Plus, you're dumb as shit, so you can't be doing the <laughs> classroom thing. I mean, listen, if you, about sports. Miles, if you throw 90 miles an hour but you can't add 45 plus 45, you 90. might as well be big sports. That's 90. It's because it's miles per hour. We get it, Dave. It's all right. <laughs> Right. Speaking about sports, did anyone hear uh, Mike Francesa talking oh, about the God, death of this guy me yesterday? Let me let me tell Danny real quick, real quick. Google, Google, Google. I hate Twitter. Dude, let me just just uh, preface this. Google loves Mike Francesa. Like this guy respects this man beyond belief. Like me, I'm he, a fan he, too. I'm a oh, big fan. Oh, here of we Mike, go. Mike here Francesa. we go. Google, you got a you got a fan here. 
Everyone except for you, Dave. It's not everyone except for me. I can tell you that right now. I also love He's when the boom and then make fun of him in the morning, too. That's great, too, though. I love hearing that. <laughs> it is really good. Okay. I'm a little okay. bipartisan. I don't, even, I, don't, I, I don't even listen to the show, okay? But what they were saying about me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's the best at what he does. There's nobody in the business or the industry that can do what he does. Well, he could that's, be a GM of a team fact. if he wanted to be. Stop. Stop. That's Everybody out. just stop. Okay? Yankees too. wanted me. Yankees wanted me. Okay? The Yankees <laughs> wanted me. Okay? I didn't want to do it. I got three young kids. I didn't want to do it. Okay? <laughs> Can't drink Diet Coke in the, in, in the dugout. Okay? So I don't want to do it. The Yankees wanted me. I could have that job. I could have that job right now. You think I couldn't have it? I could have it, okay? I could have it. He's he. He knows his shit, man. He's the best. If you call him, you better come correct. Oh, shit stop with the correcting, all right? I would love to call this guy. I hope I, hope I get to call this yeah. guy one day. Dan, am I hey, right or wrong? Cool. Come correct, yeah. right? Absolutely. You can't call him with some bullshit. Listen, I, listen the guy, I respect his... I don't know if it's a photographic memory, whatever the fuck he's got. He remembers mad shit. I don't know how he does it, but he does remember mad shit. I respect that. But I, I just can't respect the fat fucking slob who's done fucking nothing. Who's done nothing but talk. All right? He's done nothing but talk. And I understand, Dougal, you're going to say, call him and say that. Call him and say that. No, no, but that's what he gets paid to do. I understand he right. gets paid to do it, but I don't respect it. Look at what he does. I, what do you respect? The guy makes millions of dollars talking. You make zero dollars talking, and yet you still do it every fucking week. I love it. <laughs> uh, all That's right. exactly what Mike would tell you. If you called him, he would tell you, and you he said that to him, he would tell you, yeah, I got rich doing this. All right. Listen, he found a niche. That's fine. He, he found a niche. God bless him. He found a fucking niche. You're trying to exploit his niche. You're trying to get a come off of Mike Francesa. I am not That's trying to get... Happen. I'm not no, trying to get anything off Mike Francesa. That I can promise you. Dude, that's like saying you play heavy metal, but you have no respect for Ozzy Osbourne. No, it, you're, you're, you're well, way you off. Way off, bro. You want to be a rapper, and you have no respect for Cool Mo D. No, Cool, cool Mo D. No, here's the difference. Cool Mo D did it. Music, cool Mo no D. Here's the thing. Cool Mo D did it. Cool, cool Mo D wasn't behind the fucking mic talking about things he didn't do. He wasn't talking you about know? sports. <laughs> All right, enough about Mike Frances. I'm done arguing about Mike Frances. I'm done. You gotta call him. I want to. We need to record that. <laughs> I'll yeah, call that him. Last one second. You gonna hang right up on him? Click. He's hung up on better people than Dave. I'll tell you're, you you're a piece of shit. <laughs> what kind of shit? Is it a flat shit? A round <laughs> shit? A all right, well, Brooke, I'm, going back, I'm going back to Danny on a question here. Uh, what was it like playing for Severian, which could arguably be one of the best, definitely in East, Northeastern, definitely Northeastern high school teams put together? I'm not going to say South. You know, I know they have ridiculous teams down there. I'm going to say one of the best Northeastern teams ever put together in high school level. What was it like to play for that? Yeah, that, that was definitely fun, you know not losing at all the whole year, you know? <laughs> but um, we we won the city championship three out of four years. We lost our senior year with one of our best teams that we ever had in our four years. Our, jun our, junior, our junior year was our definitely our best team, I would say, because we had the seniors that were strong, real strong. You had, um, what's his name? Was Danny Martinez, Danny Tom Martinez. Curry. Yeah. Tom Curry, what? He was one of our best players. Shout out team. to Tom Curry, yeah, the high definitely. school uh, Lincoln coach at Fort uh, Lincoln coach 
Football. Yes. Great. Put great one coach. off the wall in Shea Stadium in the, in the championship. Almost hit one out. Oh, nice. I mean, another it, time we had Tommy Arpino also almost hit one out in, Yankee, in Shea Stadium that year. Typical Tom Arpino almost hit one out. That's typical Tom. Do more push-ups. You would have had it. More push-ups, less donuts, Tom. More you know, push-ups, less have, donuts. Another game. Tommy ruined the game for me, just like Billy ruined the game for me. Tommy did. Yeah, as, <laughs> as he was catching for me against Christ the King on senior year, I punch out 17, 16 out of sixteen batters at this point, right? So the kid drops down a bunt. With in the set in the fifth inning or whatever it is, Sun's going down. We're winning like twenty to nothing, and he drops a bunt down to third base. Pedro, Pedro Biato, major league baseball player. Major league Pedro, baseball. Pedro Biato's playing third base. He's playing he, playing back. He's not he's not thinking someone's dropping a bunt down. The kid drops a bunt down. I I punched out every batter in the game. <laughs> right. This is all these scouts are behind. This is right before right before the end of the year. This is the, this is what got me drafted by Kansas City because Kansas City had the scouting director and all those guys that were at that game and I was I was throwing hard and I was just pumping everything in the zone. So the kid drops a bunt down and he tries to steal second. Tommy throws him out. So now I strike the next guy. Now it's 17 out of 18 batters. And it should have been seven. seven. Should, should have had the 18 out of 18 if you just let the guy steal second, you know. But no, Tommy, no, throws a, a seed down the second base and throws him out by like four steps. Tommy is my brother-in-law, and I could honestly say he did that on purpose to steal his spotlight. <laughs> did that on purpose. He thought about that mentally. He was like, fuck this guy. I'm going to throw somebody out. This scout's here. I'm going to throw a fucking yeah. seed. Fuck Danny, yeah. right? He definitely said One that. One knee. Huh? <laughs> you know? And, yeah, then, and, then, and then Pudgy got up from behind the plate, and they asked him to stand up. And he said, I am standing up. <laughs> he said, oh, well, go sit back down then, son. A big talk and about I can actually contribute here. I can contribute to this. I was playing for Bishop Ford in whatever it was, 98, 99. We, was a pro we played at Prospect Park against Severian. And right before the game, the coach um, tells us, he gets us all together and tells us, look, guys, I know we're going to lose, but just go out there and do the best you can. <laughs> all right. I guys should be fired. Never be allowed around fucking competitive sports ever again. Uh, speaking about a big strike. Day. Speaking about big strikeout game, big shout out to Billy Masiello on this podcast. Came to one of my games against New Utrecht, and he comes up to me before the game, and he says, Dave, I'm going to write every strikeout you get on my body. <laughs> and you would think, you know, he has like a, a painter. He has a Sharpie magic marker, this guy. <laughs> Seven innings. Uh, actually, you know what it was, Dan? Yeah. You should actually know, because I'm sure your brother Rob, RC1 had a lot of them. You know the king marker that would yes. really get you high? Oh, yeah. The, the, it was like the, the white stripe around it? Yes, yes. It was one of those. Did that have the thing inside that went... Right, right, yes. right, right. It was the graffiti marker, and Billy says yeah. to me, he comes before the game, he says to me, he says, listen, every strikeout you get today, I'm writing <laughs> on my chest. Seven innings, I struck out 18. 18 <laughs> batters. Bro, this kid, Billy, he had it on his belly. Oh, he had it on his butt. But he was there, and he wrote every one of those strikeouts down, man. Big shout-out yes. to Billy Mazziello for that. Big shout-out, man. I appreciate it. Yo, a kid, oh, man. a kid hit a ball about 700 feet against Dave in that game, too. Yes, he did. It was Carlo, actually. He hit it, you know, 97th and Shore? He hit it on top of the, uh, the walk, the... Yeah, I was throwing hard. He was a big duty at home run. It happens. I gave up to a, a 700 yeah, foot bomb <laughs> to a guy with John Carlo Stanton. Hit a five, 600 foot home run. Wait, the guy? In 2009, my last year. Gene Carlo Stanton, the guy? His name was Mike Stanton at the time. Yes, it was. What happened with the name thing? What, what? I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to pizzazz it up or something like that. <laughs> well, wasn't there, isn't there another Mike Stanton? Mike Stanley, there was. 
I'm not sure. Oh. Maybe. But, yeah, I struck him out. Did for, you? They bring me into the game to face him out of the bullpen. This is my last This is my last year with the Mariners in 2009, this Southern League. But uh, they bring me in to face him out of the bullpen. I struck him out with a changeup. I had a ball out of his front foot. I felt great. Everyone gave me high fives and shit. And then I go a couple more innings, and here he comes again. And I'm like, I'm going to get him with that changeup again, you know? He's, this kid's 18 years old. He don't know better. 19 years old. So throw him a, I, I throw him a first-pitch changeup, takes it for a strike. I throw, like, a fastball in off the plate, curveball in the dirt, and I'm like, all right, perfect. Now behind the count. Perfect. Here comes a changeup. All out on front foot, 500 feet to left field. My team runs up to the front step. They want to see how far it's going. <laughs> it was a bomb. It was a bomb. Let me ask you. Billy, Billy brought up a good point a few uh, episodes ago. I think Billy's totally right with this. If you look up Giancarlo's stats, I don't think he hits home runs against one and twos. I think his home runs comes off three, four, five pitchers in the major leagues. He go the one and two starters. He'll go zero for six for his six strikeouts. Then he'll hit his four home runs. I don't think he hits home runs or hits well off good pitching. Not that many and then people in the playoffs do. Comes you only face the one. You only face, and then you face Chris Sale in the eighth inning. You know what I mean? It's a different ball game. That's why that team will never win with guys like that. That home run mentality is not going to win. And it's I not wish- about the home run mentality. The guy. This is just me, and I'm not. I'm not even a baseball guy. But what I see. He capitalizes on on two fronts. He capitalizes on on when the 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 pitcher is scared of him, not scared of him, but isn't confident to know that they're going to get him. He capitalizes on that, and then he just waits for a mistake. And Dan, I'm sure you could tell us mm-hmm. if you're going to be a one-two starter in the major leagues, you don't get mistakes because those guys in the majors, you make a mistake, it's 400 feet immediately. Oh, yeah, that that and 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 that's an amazing thing you look at is when players hit home runs, they hit mistakes in the major leagues. So it's like you see one mistake every 40 pitches, and you hit that. How is that possible? Like, that's well, the insanity no, there of it. Are guys, no, there are guys who don't have to hit mistakes. Like, I don't know if you remember that, that Red Sox team with Manny Ramirez. It didn't matter what you did. Yeah. You could come with your best shit. You could come with your best shit. He can hit you. You didn't have to make a mistake for Manny Ramirez to get a hit off you or hit a home run off you. He was that good. A teammate of mine... And when I was with the Tigers, Freddie Dulce gets called up to the big leagues on the road in Boston, f- comes out of the bullpen, first player, he, first guy he faces is Manny Ramirez. Dulce's throwing warm-up pitches, 97, 99, 97, 97. And then he goes out there and throws a first pitch, like 93-mile-an-hour slider, just off the outside corner. Manny goes, apple, gap, bomb. <laughs> Signs the bat, welcome to the big leagues, have a great career. And, and he gave it, to, him? gave it to him after the game. That's crazy, bro. Yo. <laughs> That's nuts. That is nuts. Uh, a, a quick story. Is that good? Yeah. It's not about mistakes for a guy like Manny Ramirez. Right. He's so locked in. He's so talented. And it just, I don't know. That, yeah, that's you, my opinion. Again, you remember when they were like, baseball. they were like, you got to do a steroid test? He's like, I retire. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I retire. Uh, I, I actually, I, I actually got a. Go, go, Billy. What do you guys say, Bill? It was, it, it, it was like a live interview. The guy's like, what do you think about guys who get caught on steroids? Like, you should be banned for life. They're like, all right, so take a test right now. He's like, fuck you. He flips the table and walks out. <laughs> <laughs> just happened here. I, I actually got a, it's, it's not a loser. It's not a question, but more of I got to hear the, his side of it. I want to hear Danny's side of the deaf kid on Malloy. Oh, man. So at first I didn't know what that sound, what the sound was. So anybody who doesn't know, uh, Malloy is a high school, local high school. He played for Severian High School. He was pitching against them. They were a good team. They were good, yeah. They were a very good team. Yeah, I actually, they you, were always good. You they, lost them in senior year. 
Uh, no, the I, lost, I lost to McClancy. I'll tell you what. Actually, before we get to that, I was at American. Yo, I was at American Legion. I was playing for Bergen Beat Steve Bort. I was playing for, and I'm on the mound pitching. And I remember you guys lost. I don't know what parents were there. The celebration that went on at him, it was ridiculous. They were like cheering, and I'm like, I'm on the mound. I'm like, oh, they're cheering for me, bro. I'm like all psyched. I'm like, whew, everybody's for me here. I get in the dugout, like, yeah, Severian lost. They lost in the playoffs. I'm like, bro, I thought you were cheering for me this whole time. But there were parents <laughs> literally yelling in excitement. And I'm talking, it was probably miles away from the field they played at. They must have got a message or something like that. And they were so happy you guys lost. Yeah. It was insane. It was really we, crazy. We were at Malloy College. A Malloy College. It was two to one off a walk-off home run. I forget the kid's name on, on, on uh, who, was, who, who beat us. Might have been Malloy. Well, I think it was Malloy. That's why I brought, that's, yeah. what, that's what rang my memory when I said yeah, the Malloy yeah. thing. And he hit a home run to opposite field, and it hit the top of the fence. And went out? He went over. Oh, my God. If you don't know Malloy, it's a very short right field with a high fence, a really high so fence. So it hit the top. The, um, Malloy College. Uh, that's... Uh, Dave. Dave. Yeah. Dave. Who's the guest here, you or Danny? <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me about You asked him to tell a story, and then you're talking about... I did, but the fucking Malloy thing, it, it hit a fucking memory thing back, in my head. Can we get back to, Can we get back to Danny abusing... Fucking disabled people. No, like, I, oh, man. So there was none of that ha that happened. <laughs> oh my god. Go on. Go so they I, tuned in. I thought they were just trying to distract me, and they were making these crazy noises and stuff. Until and I so I come in. I'm laughing on the mound, and I come in and I say, "Gosh, you hear that? Yo, you hear that guy <laughs> screaming like that?" And that's when they told me the kid is deaf, and I felt horrible. I did. I felt horrible. But now, that's all I could think about when I'm out there. <laughs> And I couldn't, I had to cover my face sometimes because he obviously don't know what he sounds like. And, and it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. And the rest of his team, they're used to it. So they weren't laughing at it. And I couldn't help myself. And I had to cover my face and my glove a little bit until I could, I was very immature, obviously in high school, super immature. I couldn't, couldn't contain myself. And I covered my face a little bit in between while I was on the mound until I had to pitch and I was able to get through it. But. I heard it. I heard your your glove went from like twelve inches, straight, eight inches, four inches, twelve inches, on one inches on your face, yeah. laughing as you pitch. And then the coach was like, "What the fuck's wrong with Danny?" They're like, "It's the deaf kid in the other team. He's fucking him up." Yeah, he was in. He was in my head. <laughs> he was in so my wait. head. I think I gave. I, I even gave him a few hits that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Dave. Also, you also have experience having a deaf guy on your team. Oh, I, actually, I do. Uh, good story is good. Sh shout out to Mike Diamore, Mike Demore. True gentleman. True gentleman. True gentleman. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So once <laughs> he's not gonna hear the shout out though. <laughs> he's, he's not gonna hear the shout. Oh my god, this guy doesn't stop abusing deaf people. Uh, so, <laughs> so one day we're in the uh, at Fort Hamilton. We're uh, I'm in the dugout. I actually just walk in the dugout and I hear. Coach Maglino fucking berating this kid, Mike. Berating him like, you're a fucking idiot. I told you to do the book this way. Screaming at this kid like fucking straight up yelling at him. He messed something up in the book, all right? <laughs> I go sit down next to Mike. I'm like, yo, Mike, just relax. It's not a big deal. He goes, Dave, I had my, I had my, uh, my uh, hearing aids off. I didn't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Same kid, actually. My last at my last my last at bat senior year. Why do you do the voice though? You gotta do the yeah, voice. Yeah. Hey, seriously, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! Same, <laughs> same kid, Mike Dear Moore. My last at bat senior year. I'm like, Yo, Mike, take my bat, get up. Bro, he gets up against telecommunication. He gets drilled right there. Oh this my God, kid, bro! Oh. He gets drilled right there. I was like, Are you kidding me, bro? I, bro, I, was, I, I said to him, I was like, Man, I was like, I was feeling good. I'm like, Yo, Mike, it's my last at bat. Just take it. My, we're seniors, both seniors. Take the at bat, man. You earned it, bro. Just take my at bat. He's like, No, no. I'm like. <laughs> I don't want to do the voice. Yeah. He's like, I take it. He gets up. I, I don't know if it was Frankie okay, Maynard Dave, pitching. Do the voice. Do the voice. You <laughs> made up for it. You made up for it. You gave me a last. Nah, Dave. Years ago, right? <laughs> nah, Jesus, Dave. I'm not taking it bad. I'm not taking it bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets up. Bro, the poor kid got drilled. Man, I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have gave him that. But it was, you know, I was trying to do the right thing. You know, I was trying to do the right thing on him. It didn't work out. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we know. We know. Uh, real, real quick. I got, I, I got another story that uh, Danny needs to address quickly. Uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna mention the name, Mr. Flood. Oh my god. <laughs> Anybody doesn't know Mr. Flood? Actually, me and Billy, Dougal, do you know Mr. Flood? Yeah, he had like a big ass beard, white yes, guy teacher. Yes, cor correct. And he, for us, me, Dougal, and Billy, he was a substitute <laughs> teacher who was the coolest guy. Billy, am I wrong? He was mad cool, right? Um, yeah, I mean, typical we, Billy, typical Billy, you, you gotta be a fucking jerk off. You really well, no, just abused it. I was really nasty to him. Like I, I oh, abused right. him because he, cause he was so nice. You know, the class and was... I was a real jerk off in high school, man. No, I mean, no, it was junior high, but you, you're, you're hundred percent right. You were probably a jerk. And I was too, because he was so nice. He let us get away with everything. hundred percent. You're right. So that sets up the preamble for Dan. What, <laughs> what do you know about Mr. Flood? What do you know about Mr. Flood? Like, Hey, you're so obviously, host, this uh, this was a smart person's class because Mikey Trinos was in it with me. Touche. And it was uh, politics and art and religion. And uh, but you would have been in the Rudy Lugo class, right? Uh, most of the time, I was in the Rudy Lugo classes. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. It depends. Only the subjects that we really needed to pass. You know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Which was great. I had Dr. Positano. He was amazing. I don't know if you guys knew Dr. Pazzo. No one really knew Dr. Pazzo outside of the Reach program. Because he, he, only sp he only taught the really, really smart classes and the really, really dumb classes. There's no in between? Right. So it was like only the E1s like Mikey Trinos got to teach, got taught by, and me, Reach program. You know, Reach for the stars. I don't even know if they still have Reach in Savannah. I'm sure they, they have do. girls rest now. In peace, rest in peace, Charlie Camp Dirk. A, a reach program veteran you know right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie. Oh, Charlie, yeah. Charlie used to throw batteries from the back of the class. He did. did a lot of yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. He did a lot of things, Charlie. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. He was good. Charlie was good. I'll tell you. That's his tip. Bill, remember when he wrestled you in Staten Island? No, you guys that had like was a long-going wrestling match between Staten Island. We got on the bus back to Brooklyn. And we wrestled in the churchyard again. Right. Dan, I don't know if you know that Charlie was like a, like a divisional, like, county champion wrestler. I remember. He used to wrestle for Severian. Right. But he was, he was like in the 122-pound weight class. And at this point, I was like 195 pounds. <laughs> and not saying that he was going to, like, out-wrestle me. And I, I, don't, I don't think there was a result because, like, he put me in, like, some kind of leg thing around my neck. Like, we were on the floor, and he wrapped his legs around my neck. And I just, like, stood up. 
And I just kept smashing his skull off the floor, like, repeatedly. <laughs> to his credit, he never let go. He did not let go. So I don't really know what they ended up calling it. I think they called it a victory for Charlie, you know. So credit to him. Uh, but that was a really weird... That was the same day he, like, verbally assaulted a black woman in the parking lot at a New Dorp football game. You remember that, Dougal? <laughs> It was a whole thing. Yeah, we started out at a, at, at a fucking high school game in Staten Island. Then we make our way onto the bus over the bridge, and he was he had he was beefing with you, Bill. And it turns it's like a wrestling match between Staten Island into Bay Ridge. It was it was a whole thing. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so Mr. Flood, I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's go back to Mr. Flood. Politics and religion and art. Politics, art religion, and art. Politics and art and religion, <laughs> all should go together. So, <laughs> all right. So it's the last day of school. Right, like I'm going. I'm going. It's our junior year. It's our last day, last class of the last day of school. The bell is getting ready to. We have not. This was the wash-up day, like the wash-up period. Like you're not doing any. We didn't do anything. We didn't do a thing. The whole class. It was just hanging out. Seniors are driving around honking their horns like idiots, you know. <laughs> so I had a paper ball in my hand that I had no intention of throwing out the window. I, 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 I want to just say, Mikey Trinos reiterated he had zero intention of throwing this ball out the window. None. Mikey Trinos said that. Honest as could be, Mikey Trinos said he had no intention. I was just looking out the window. Now, but now, you know, now everybody knows how smart of a class this is, that Mikey Trinos was able to telepathically know what <laughs> no, Danny because he saw that I was just, just kind of hanging out, looking out the window at all, at all the seniors driving by, you know? But... When he called me out, he was kind of loud about it. Explain how he called you out, because the viewers don't know. I don't. I don't really remember the, the exact words or anything now. What was that, Bill? No, paraphrase it. Paraphrase it with I, an impersonation. I was just like, "Don't you throw that out the window," you know? So, oh, so hold on. So let me play this out real quick. Give you him and a Mike, second. Jeez, you and Mike Trinos are hanging out in the room. <clears throat> no, the, the whole class. Oh, it's the whole class. It's the whole class. Okay, the way I hired it was was you and Mikey. It's, you, it's no, the whole class. It's the whole class. Yeah. The whole class. The last out. day of this. The last. Now, because of the eight-day schedule. And things move around. It happens to be the last period of the last day of school. The bell's going to ring. School's out for summer. You know? Literally done. Literally done. <laughs> right? I didn't so, hear that part. This gets even yeah. worse for Mr. Flood. So he f- kind of yells at me. And I'm like, damn, he called me out in front of everybody. So he, I was like, I'm not going to throw it out the window. And he was like, give me that paper ball. You know? And I took it and I ripped it in half. And I only gave him half of it. Right? <laughs> so... I don't know why I was I was kind of I was. Just, nah, it was a kid. Yeah, listen, yeah, yeah, I was very bro. super immature. Bro. Billy, super immature. Oh, Billy, would you have done? Mr. Flood, if you if you listen to him, I apologize oh, yeah. for the whole day, right? <laughs> Billy, how would you no, have that, reacted? That, no, that, that that's actually a very Billy move right there. Yeah, one hundred percent. Very Billy. Yeah. Very Billy. You yeah, can't, I'm, you I'm with you, Dan. Don't apologize, Phil. <laughs> so, You're yeah. a young kid, man. So, I, you know, shit happens or whatever, and he gets all pissed off now and. He, He's like, go to the dean's office or whatever. And as I'm walking out, I kind of like, you know, move the desk out. I didn't throw the desk. I just kind of moved it a little bit, you know. And I was like, all right, and I'm out of here. And I open the door and I close the door behind me. And I walk three steps down the hallway and boom, the bell goes off for the end of the school year. Fuck going to the dean's office. I'm out of here, right? Who's call- Who's going to call me on that? <laughs> Mr. Flood goes straight to the dean's office uh-huh. to see if I'm there, you oh, know? what a bitch. So then he writes this scathing letter. And I get a call at like five o'clock, four o'clock, saying you have to come back to school with your dad, and they want to talk to you. They're not, they're not going to let you pitch in Shea Stadium at the in the city championship now. Wow! And Coach Canale had to come, and everybody was there, and he had to tell them like, you know, it's not fair to the team, uh, one of those things, you know. And white privilege. 
Yeah, and I end up getting <laughs> I end up getting suspended. I end up getting suspended for the whole fall season the next year. The the preseason to the yeah, regular whatever season. it is. Yeah, the whatever season. spring fall. When whatever. you first when you first show up to school, it's fall, right? Fall, yeah, yeah fall. So season. you play that small little fall, fall seven season. games. Yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like all of the exhibition, whatever. So I couldn't play in any of those in my senior year or whatever, but it was all good. That was it? That was yours? But I had to go up, and he wrote this huge scathing letter that kind of exaggerated a little bit, and I I couldn't really defend myself. They didn't want to hear a word out of me. Now, let me ask you, Billy. Do you think Flood was right in any regards? No. Fuck that guy, man. Dougal, do you think Flood was right in any regards? No. Go home. The... You know, you know yeah, who's your job is who over. Is, the year's and, over. And I'll be, I'll be, yeah, I'll be still honest. Get, you're still going to get paid no, in two weeks. Dean is a prick, too. The dean is a prick, too. Let me tell you something. Because if let's just say I'm the dean, right? The bell rings. Like, I'm thinking about Italian ices. Right. Girls Peace. in the big uh, ice, yeah. on the island. Here comes this bearded fucking creep. Like, rah, rah, this guy yeah, threw a paper ball. He only gave me half of it. I don't ever want him to play baseball again. And I'm the dean. I'm like, suck a fat one, bro. Get the fuck out of here. I'll yeah. talk to you in September about this, you weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and, and and you know what? The well, sto- obviously, I was coming back for summer school, so it wasn't like my school year was ending. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You had plenty of time in the summer to get me. Now, yeah, the, 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 way, the way I heard it was, and again, it was obviously wrong. I'm going to go with your interpretation on it. You you end up throwing the oh, the last half of piece of paper. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Bill, real quick. Daddy wait, failed to mention this part. Wait. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. The, I did throw. The, I didn't throw it at. It was he was thinking that I'm gonna fire this at somebody that's walking by, right? But no, I, at that point it was just like I'm out of here, and here goes the paper, and then boom. He, Where'd you he, throw the paper? I threw the paper out the window. Out the window. Yeah. Just, so, okay. And it just happened to be a window there. You didn't put the window there. Win- they were wall-to-wall windows. And they, and they opened up with no screens. It was no screens, no cages. I could have jumped out. I could have fell out. It was actually kind of dangerous. Now he, actually, he actually brought up a hazard for Severian yeah. High School. Yeah. Actually, nicely done, then. Might as well have just walked into the classroom and said, Dan, do me a favor. Throw that paper out the window for me. <laughs> That's what he might have thrown at that point. They, they were you surround more... a kid with no paper. What the fuck? They, they, they were more upset about that situation when, my, when I... Threw a piece of paper out the window. Then when two kids that dressed up in Severian school uniforms came in and jumped my older brother in the middle of a classroom, that was the dean's class. Really? You know, and they were, they they tried to bl- they blame that on my brother more than. No, let me ask you: Was that the kid that your brother mentioned in his stand-up? Uh, no, no, no. 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 Oh, I didn't know. I, no. Your, that was no. great. How your hey, bro- hey, can we, Dan, can we? Can you do you, uh, off the top of your head? Do you have a plug for your brother's new show that we could get on here? For uh, people to watch? Yeah, he's, uh, let's see what we got here. He's Rob Loves Bagels. On yes, all, he is. On all platforms, I'm pretty sure. Let's see we got it here. But, um, yeah, you can check him out. He's, on, on, yeah, he's, at, he's at, Rob, at Rob Loves Bagels on all platforms. The three-letter crew on all platform, platforms. That's his uh, graffiti uh, comedy crew. Do you want to shout out your younger brother? See how we get abused. <laughs> Got it. My little brother Keith Norman Christensen, <laughs> detective, property crimes, bottom burgers. of the barrel in the squad. There. He eats bean burgers. Bean burgers. And uh, yeah, zucchini. Zucchini uh, spaghetti. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I want to ask a question. When did you get drafted? Two thousand two. Two thousand and two. Now, I'm going to say that was around the steroid era. Am I right? Yeah. 
Or the end of it, I guess. End of it. Yeah. Give or take, right yeah, around yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Now, in your experience, and again, I am not, I never got signed to a major league contract, but when I went to Pensacola Junior College, I went there, I could honestly tell you, out of 25 guys, 24 people on steroids. Would you say it was completely all over the major leagues? Um, so, when I first got in was when all that, ba- uh, what was it? What was the Balco? First? No, the first one was the Mitchell Report. Mitchell Report. So, when the Mitchell Report came out, that's when they started the crazy drug testing. Like, in the minor leagues, you can... Obviously, you saw in, in your introduction, I was suspended. Thank you for mentioning that. We're going to get um, to that. So, <laughs> Let's speak about that. So, um, you take... Four four drug tests a year, basically. You take one in spring training. Is it random or is they it... say it's random, but every team is getting drug tested during the year. It might be random when it happens, but you're definitely getting one in the first half. You're definitely getting one in the second half, and you're probably going to get one during the off season when you're at home. Oh, you do get, like so off season. You yeah. do get one. Oh yeah. All right. So yeah, but Dan, you used to come to my house and buy weed, man. <laughs> We're going to get to the weed. I'm, I'm focused on the PEDs here. Right. I used to, like, gonna... pass it out the window in tinfoil. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, you take a ton of drug tests in the minor leagues, and, and major leagues is a little different. You only take drug tests for performance enhancement drugs. So in the major leagues, you don't, like, let's say weed, you don't take a test for right. it? Right, you don't get tested for So say... So you take. Remember the guys used to pop greenies. Yes. Amphetamine. Yeah. They used to be considered perform. They're considered performance enhancement drugs. So, if you pop a greenie before a game, you're getting suspended 50 games. If you go to the bathroom real quick and bump a line of coke out of your pocket or on your finger, and then go out there, it's like the same thing. Basically, you won't even get tested for it for the next. So, so, like a greenie. Like I always question: Is that like an Adderall? I guess yeah, it's, it's Adderall. I, I've never taken one. I, they're like, I guess apparently it's Adderall. Like, but is it is it Adderall? Do you know that for a fact? It's amphetamines. It's amphetamines. Yeah. I, you, you can. It has the same exact effect on your brain. A greenie and, a, and, a, and an Adderall. So I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna assume that a greenie would. I mean, a greenie and an Adderall would show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you yeah, take absolutely. A prescript, if you ever you look at the, Dave? Dave, you ever look at the bottle of Adderall? Never looked. It says it. on there, amphetamine salt. That's okay. what it is. It's just okay, amphetamines so, and salt. So that's what now, they methamphetamine think. is just artificially created amphetamines. Okay. Right. Makes sense. I think it, I think Adderall, like a prescription of Adderall, is a little bit cleaner than a greenie is. Um, yeah, I'm, I, a don't greenie even, is yeah like, I don't even know uh, where they came from. Where they come from. Right? Greenies have been around since fucking Babe Ruth's era. It, it's not a new fucking thing. It's been around some sort of oh, focusing type thing. It's any thing. sort of speed. It's just a slang word for speed. Right. It could be anything that's speed. It could be meth. It could be, you know, uh, any number of things that are just speed. But it's amphetamines. It's adrenaline. Crank. It's amphetamines. You could call it crank. Yeah, whatever you want. If a biker <laughs> made it for you in fucking Iowa next to the dog factory. In Clinton, Clinton Iowa. In Clinton, Iowa, behind the dog food factory. Yeah. Remember that movie White Boys, Bill? Oh, Remember White Boys from back in the day? Yes. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great movie, man. The kid with the oh, big yeah. nose. Ooh, flip dog. <laughs> Ooh, flip dog. And then they made Malibu's Most Wanted, which was kind of like a bite off of White Boys, which is a really weird thing to do because it was a terrible movie. I don't know. Why. Nah, it was entertaining, though. If you were wrecked and you're watching Malibu's Most Wanted, yeah. it was entertaining, man. That was entertaining. I remember watching that. I'm like, this movie sucks. Nah, this movie's not that bad. <laughs> you know, it was all right. Let's, let's get back to the question at hand. 
Dan, what percentage of guys were taking steroids in in the minor back leagues? Then? Yeah, I'd say yeah. Minimum. You had you had a, a couple, maybe one, a couple guys per organization when I was playing. At okay, least. really? You know, because okay. and they got caught within their first two drug tests of the year. You know, because that stuff lasts in your system for a long time. I could I could honestly say I was in a junior college, and I can honestly say if there was twenty five guys on the roster. 23 to 24 took fucking steroids. It was it was a serious thing. It yeah, was, yeah. And, and you're not and, drug tested like that in, in college. In, in college, yeah. you're not. And I understand it. I understood it to that point where, and I always said, if I got drafted, <clears throat> I would take it to keep up because everybody's fucking doing it. You got to keep up. But you would have got caught. That's what Danny's saying. In, right. in our age group, and you would have got caught. We would have got caught if it was if before. We and would've. if you're not a. Uh, Invested in or anything like that, you, you're gone. You get you're released. Gone. Like you're I know done. a guy. I know I played with a guy. In hey, the can I ask you another question? Can I ask you another question? If you now, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and you've right. seen the later chapters of the book. If you could go back and rewrite a chapter or two, would you have tried to attend college, or was that never a thought? And still, you're 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 confident with the decision uh, that you made. Actually, and off of that, hey, Billy. Shut the fuck up, Dave. <laughs> Billy, great question. Excellent. What what college would you have attended? So I signed to go with Mike Hernandez and uh, Chris Garcia, Daytona Beach Community College. Oh, Daytona yeah. Beach. They, so you know, if you get drafted, I mean, I'm sorry. If you go to college, out of uh, high school, and you go to a four-year college, you have to stay for three years. You can't, you know, you have you Committed. can't get drafted again until after your junior season. And I, I, I was not a student, you know, like I wasn't gonna be able to last, especially in another That's state a, by myself uh, without my mom doing my homework for me. JUCO, it was perfect. Uh, yeah. So that was perfect. Yes, you know. And I, I, by the time I was getting dra- the draft was coming, like I knew I was getting drafted, and I was just gonna sign. I, I was going. Like I, I didn't want to go to school. I look at it now. Maybe yeah, I should have went to school. You know, because I would be. A, I would have been a police officer probably six and a half years now. I got called the same class. I got a ninety-seven on the test. I got called the same class as Keith. So oh, you did. I would have been a cop for what, seven years now probably if I. But I didn't go to college one day, so obviously I didn't fill out the paperwork and send it back. They weren't giving you a voucher for that, you know. NYB you really want to yeah. could have got you on. Yeah, right. <laughs> the goal's up. But, you really uh, want to be a cop, though? I mean, it's he a did. family thing, though. Yeah. You know, my dad was a code officer for 35 yeah. years. My aunt was yeah, a cop. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Did, that's true. Did I get that? Bill, what were you saying? I was just understanding. I was understanding what Danny was saying about the. It's a family thing, yeah. you know. And a neighborhood thing, you know. A lot of guys, you know. City with city jobs, guy with city job people. You know, just city people is it? Well, a city, it, yeah. it's a safe thing. You know, right. that's that's what it is. Uh, Bill, you could vouch for that, right? It's a safe thing. Yeah, it's a fucking cop out. I'm the number one fucking sellout, but whatever. Yeah, it is. It's safe. It is. It's safe. It is what it is. Let me ask you. In, I guess November 2009, what made you quit? What made you say, that was it? So basically. That was when I got suspended, you know, in 50-game suspension. What happened with the suspension, that if was, you don't mind me asking? My, that was for po- testing positive for my, smoking marijuana. They really tested you for that? Yeah, they test See, you that four times a year for that. Oh, so every time? Every time you get tested, you're getting tested for everything. Every, oh, how, many guys, how many guys in the majors today you think smoke pot? Every. Because oh, you said they don't test oh, for it. Yeah, times. lots of guys, lots of guys. Definitely. Okay. There, I, I, didn't, I didn't really smoke a lot of pot before I started playing minor league baseball. And when I was in high school, I didn't smoke pot at all. You know? Okay. When I was yeah. in Severian, you I did not. Like Dale program. When I was in Severian, I did not smoke pot at all. I swear to you. I didn't start until I, I was 18 years old. I swear. <laughs> so, I don't know why that's not believable, but, uh, but I, re- Bruce, I was really Bruce, focused on this baseball thing. Favor? 
Can we have Bruce put on some earmuffs and then we'll re-ask that question? Yeah, but, but now when I got to the minor leagues, it's a, it's there's there's a lot of stress involved in that too. You know, like you you wanna you wanna be pitch well every single year. And when I first got in and Spokane and watched in my first year in rookie ball, I didn't I wasn't smoking pot yet, and I pitched real pitched great that year. Took my drug test like it was no big deal. You know, like no problem. First guy in, first guy out, one of those things. <laughs> And then after that, I was traveling with a Gatorade bottle with an orange flush drink in it. But, um... But. See, but, like, isn't that crazy that now... You know, not now, but let's say in the next five years. It's legal. You get fucked. You get labeled because of that. Because of the... There's minor league players now that live in California, in, in see, Colorado, in, in see, Oregon, does, in Washington. Let me ask you, does that play precedent... Some, no, it doesn't, no, right? Yeah. To the Major League Baseball, right. it doesn't play press. I guarantee they don't care. They don't give a shit. Right. Because Until I'm, I'm living in Until at the federal level, Major that's League Baseball is not going to do anything about it. See, that's fucked up. But, but they, still, they still might not. They still might not do anything. They have it because you're an employee of their company that's a privately owned equity. They have the opportunity to say whatever they want. Right. Like, you can't smoke this drug. That's the bottom line. From, you want to play this game, you can't smoke this drug. From what I understand. Whether it's legal or not. Most of the private businesses in the states that are recreational are not testing for it anymore when they hire people. They just leave it alone, right? Yeah. Now, like, Mike, my whole thing is... It's like alcohol. Don't come hammered to work. They don't want you to smoke. Obviously, it's a little different when you're smoking pot, but you can function a little better. But, but it's, you know, don't, you, can't, you, can't go can't break, you can't go on your smoke break and smoke a joint, joint. for a 15-minute smoke break. You know what I mean? It's like you have to wait till you go home. It depends on the company. It's true. Mickey Mantle tell the story about smoking pot with Joe Pepitone? <laughs> Seriously, it's wait. a great story. It's, it's a great story. Who, wait, who was Mickey it? Mantle, obviously, we all know, had a serious drinking problem. He'd right. show up. You know, they'd, they'd have to get him out of bars and hotels and bring him straight to the game. And he was really hung over one game. They basically dragged him out of a bar and threw him, in a, threw him in a cab and dragged him to the stadium. And he shows up and Joe Pepitone tells him, here, you know, he's got a headache. He's seeing double. Joe Pepitone hands him, hands him a joint in the, in the parking lot. And he says, yeah, smoke this. You'll feel better. So Mickey Mantle takes like two or three hits off the, off the joint. And he goes inside. They, you know, everybody gets warmed up. Uh, Mickey Mantle gets up to the plate. He takes the most beautiful level swing that Joe Pepitone has ever seen in his life. Misses the ball by four feet. <laughs> Three consecutive pitches. <laughs> Walks back to the dugout. Tells, I believe Casey Stangle was the manager at the time. Tells him, I'm done for the day. Walks back to Pepitone. He goes, I'm not your friend anymore. Goes into the streets and goes home. <laughs> I can see that. That's great. Yeah, but I've heard a ton, tons Pepitone of guys. Joe said it was the most beautiful swing he had ever seen. <laughs> there was nowhere near the baseball. Oh, my God. I'm going to go back. Actually, I'm going to go back. Where were you when you got drafted by the uh, Royals? I was at Severian High School. We went to Severian. In Severian? We were in Coach Canelli's office, and we're trying to get it going on this garbage computer that he had in his office. And back then, there was this was like the first time, the first or second time they broadcasted it on the internet. You know, and it's like you... Um, it's not, but it's not like it's not like the NFL, like where they call you on the phone. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it, but this, oh, okay. but this was DSL. Like, but we're trying to listen to it live, so we're not with the internet system that we had set up there. We were not on. We were not locked in. Chris Garcia, who had, he had a better feed than us, he was listening real time. And he when had, did he get drafted? He was the twenty first round that year. 
And what were you? Fourth round. You know what? You know what the problem with the connection was, right? Mr. Flood being the little fucking rat that he was, just chewing the motorcycles. Oh my god. But um, yeah. But and then um, Chris called me. Chris called me. And he goes fourth round, fourth round, and I thought he was talking about him. And I'm like, you got drafted in the fourth round. And he goes, no, you got drafted in the fourth round, Kansas City Royals. And then as he's telling me that, I get a phone call from a a, a crazy phone number that I never seen before, and it's the scout uh, Steve Connolly. And he's like, Danny, you know, we got you, man. Congratulations, fourth round, you know. And I'll give you a call back, and you know, we'll, we'll let you know what's up. And basically, then I, we all just start hugging and you know, high fiving. And now, like, were you like pre to the draft? Were you like set on a team? No, I mean, or I, you just I, were I was, like, I, I don't care. I get drafted. I get drafted. As I grow, grow up, because I hear people like, like I only want to be with this fucking team. You know what I mean? So growing up, I'm a Yankee fan. You know, obviously diehard. I would love to. I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know how the minor leagues worked. I didn't know how. I didn't know that you want to be drafted by the worst team in the league. You know what I mean? That's your goal. No, I mean at the end I mean, of the day, it, that's what you want. A smart goal. Yeah, because you don't want to be drafted by the best team. Like, who? Where do you go in the Houston Astros organization? You know, when you're a left-handed starting pitcher, you're not like, getting. You gotta in hope there. this guy gets traded this week. Like everyone, all the lefties in that whole organization, like please. Tommy trade John, this guy. please, yeah. fucking three guys, Tommy, Tommy John, let's yeah. go before. You know, so when you get when you go to the cellar dwellers like the Yank, the the Royals were, you, they gave me all the opportunity in the world. You know, who was your? Would you say your best coach? Let's see. In the professional level. Um, my last year, Phil Plantier was ah. awesome manager. Bill, what do you got to say? Bill, are you okay? I, I'm not interested in it. I, 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 don't, I don't like when you specify that. So so maybe he had a really good coach somewhere else in his life. That okay, we'd like to okay. About. You want to go? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it is Bill Plantier. Who the Phil, fuck Phil. knows? Bill, that's fair <laughs> enough. I agree. Yeah, whatever. This guy sells peanuts. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I agree with you, Bill. I'm going to restate this question. Who is your best coach? In all of your baseball career, we're gonna edit that last part out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your best coach in all of your baseball career? All right, so we had this guy with Al Masters that used to help out with the book. He would stand down by first base a lot too. This kid Billy Masiello was just an amazing bench coach slash player. He would come in and slash one over the shortstop second baseman's head. <laughs> Yeah, until we played the Brewers, and they put nine guys standing in between first and second base. <laughs> oh, the Brewers. But in, when I when it came to Pro Bowl, I had some guys. I had uh, Tom Berkmeyer as a pitching coach who played like 16 years in the major leagues with like a three ERA. You know, he was a nut. And um, then I had Joe Zeckley who played a little bit. Um, I played for Tommy John. Tommy John was my manager. Oh, wow. shit. I had Tommy John <laughs> oh. surgery, and he's a – did he you was, have Tommy John surgery? I did have Tommy John surgery. Now, let me ask you, with Tommy John surgery, what's the deal with that? Like, I feel like, and I'm sure Dougal and Billy could, as our view not being at a professional level, you just come back throwing harder. Is that true? Most guys no. do. No. You know yeah, but it's it not an automatic thing, it's man. Like it's like 99% like, come through back you know harder. It, it's you not know like playing operation. Like, you pick up the bone, you put it on the other arm, bam, you throw 100. Uh, actually, it, you it know, is. It, it can't it's, be. It's like you don't hurt. You're not hurting anymore. You know, usually you're hurting for a while before and you're a little tender and you hold back maybe a little bit, but now you're not hurting anymore after that. You know, it doesn't hurt. You're just – you're good. I remember I had laser surgery. Yeah, Danny. Uh, Billy, what's up? I have a question for you, Dan. At what point in the day do you know whether you have it or don't have it on the um, mound? When you, when you get out Is there. It warm- it's it's oh, when you okay, get out so there and, things, it, and it starts going for you. You know, because in the bullpen, some, I've had horrible bullpen sessions, and then you go out there and you're just spotting up because – 
you get the nerves to pass through and the butterflies are gone. You know, and every time I started, you had a little nervous before the game. Like, you just want to go out there and dominate, you know. So, but, uh, yeah, I had games where I didn't get out of the first inning. And I had I, I felt great that day. But it just couldn't – I couldn't get the ball to the catcher. It just get knocked all over the place and walking people out. But, um, yeah. It, How much of that is mental after after you realize the fastball is not on? All of it's mental. You you have because physically you're still the same guy. Yeah, and as long as you're not hurt, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But so if as long as you're healthy and you're not hurt, it's all about the mental aspect of the game and just being able to slow things down and figure out what you're doing. Go through the 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 game plan that you spoke about. Would you like to book your friend Chris Garcia, who you mentioned a couple times? Chris Garcia. On the Facebook, definitely check out Chris Terical IG. He's got some funny stuff, man. He's he does the rapping stuff. He does the all the the messing with the public and all that stuff. It's he's great. It's it's uh, it's pretty friggin' hilarious. You gotta check him out. Chris Terical IG, Chris Terical, yes, on all platforms. Mostly Instagram. I would definitely check him out on Instagram. That's where most of his stuff goes right away. Uh, I got a question. You hear that? Uh, yeah, yes, we got in there. I got a question for Danny. Biggest piece of shit you dealt with in the minor leagues. Let's say, you know, whether he's a major leaguer now, but I understand there's some people that are just fucking dicks, you know? Whether they think their shit don't stink. Ambiorix Burgos. This guy from the, he was from the, he made it to the major leagues. He was from the Dominican Republic. He uh, threw 100 miles an hour. And he threw 100 miles an hour at everybody, no matter what you were doing. If you were covering first base during PFPs, he threw 100 miles an hour at you. He thought it was hilarious. The Dominican guys didn't like him. No, it was it, he just it was just one of those guys. Like when you're running poles, he would walk them. You know, oh, he's a jerk. I, I think he's in jail right now for murder. He's Manny Machado. Manny Machado. I, I had a fist fight with him actually in the minor Did leagues. You? In the in the dugout. I mean, in the in the locker room after uh, after a. Uh, wow. In instructional league, this is instructional league is what they do. They bring their prospects at the end of the year. They bring their top prospects into the organization and they make kind of like one big team, maybe maybe 30, 35 guys. And you, it's like an extended, it's like an, another spring training at the end of the year, you know, during like when the Arizona Fall League is going on. They have an instructional league going on, and it's just to get extra work with their prospects, you know. So you're not home fucking around. It's a couple months. It's another month or so, whatever it is, month and a half. But we're at instructional league. He's on the bucket. And the bucket, I don't know if you're not familiar, the bucket is a little bit in the outfield grass behind second base. And when during batting practice, everyone hits the balls, you throw the balls back into the bucket there. He brings the bucket to the pitching coaches that are to the coaches throwing BP. So, He's the shine boy. Yeah. So he just, if you, if you pitch the day before in the game, you're on the bucket the next day because they don't want you throwing balls in from the outfield, from the wall, 100 balls. So he's on the bucket. And balls are starting to get in short, and guys are getting upset, you know, because the balls are spread out now, and the buckets, he's bringing half full buckets to the pitching coach, and they're getting, everyone's getting upset, like, you guys just stop being dicks, you know? And for some reason, he locked in on me out of all this. Like, I might have threw one ball short, and he just locked in on me. He's like, I'm fucking getting that motherfucker after the game, after practice. Last, last swing of BP, boom. I pick up a couple balls there in the corner, I throw them to the screen, I come right around the corner into the locker room. By the time he gets into the locker room now, I'm in my sliding shorts, flip-flops, no shirt, nothing. I'm about to I'm about to get butt naked to get in the shower and go back to the hotel. And he comes up to me with a brand new baseball. Now in the minor leagues, you get a brand new baseball. I don't know how to get how, where he found the brand new baseball. He was gonna throw this ball at me in the locker room. At you? <laughs> he was gonna. Th- he and was like, he throws a hundred. He th- he was. You wanna talk a shit? You wanna talk a shit? 
And I was like, oh, he's going to throw that shit at me. I cannot let him hit me with that. He's going to hit me. He got, he can, he got aim. He's going to hit me with this ball. It's going to break everything it hits. So I kind of closed the, closed the gap a little bit. And I gave him like a little quick right jab to the, to the right cheek. And I got a la- on his left cheek, I should say. I landed it right on his cheek. And then he just kind of tossed me around in a wrestling match because he was huge. He was like 6'5", 250 pounds solid. And he tossed me a little. He tossed me around in the locker room in a wrestling match. And everyone was fucking happy and broke it up. And no one knew. Coaches, it happened right outside the coach's office. No one knew about it. And guys are, now we go to the lunch, they go to the lunchroom and guys are talking about it at the lunchroom. They're like, did you fucking see Danny, DC and Burgos fucking go? They, they used to call me Brooklyn. They said, did you see Brooklyn and Burgos going at it in the locker room? And the strength coach, he's like, what? What? He put his food down on the, on the table. He went straight to the coach's office and was like, da-da. He started snitching on us. And we got in trouble. Like, I had to clean the coach's shoes for a couple days. And he had, to, he had to scrub out the nasty hot tub in the Major League Clubhouse, which was all gunked up. You know? And it, what do you think guys are jerking off in there? But, like, Dominican... The, <laughs> yeah, I guess, man. Who knows what the hell they... Would, no, because you get, like, all this different... You know, all the different, like, lotions and... Creams, creams and, and all weird shit. Like, you're getting... If you're getting, KY. Like, yeah, if you're getting ultrasound, they put the KY on you for the ultrasounds. But, um... Yeah, you call it whatever you want. I got a couple fist bumps from some Dominican coaches that were like, yo, good, good shit, for bro. Standing up yeah, this fucking guy's a castle. Let me ask you, did being from... <laughs> Dean, being from Somebody Brooklyn... Doritos? What's going on there? I didn't know we had real sound effects here. <laughs> we got everything here. Bro. This is big production. This is big production. Yeah. Did being from He's got Brooklyn... a soundboard. I didn't know. Hold on a second. Do you ever notice how loud Doritos are when you're trying to watch a movie by yourself? <laughs> Mad loud. Doritos are ridiculous. Especially when you don't want to share them and you're trying to open them a little quiet. <laughs> you got the kids sleeping on the couch next to you. You don't want them waking up looking for Cheetos. They're fucking... You, you, now you got the TV on 57. You can't even chew on your Dorito. You're sucking them until they get soft. Oh, my God. You have to eat Dorito late at night when kids are sleeping. Doritos, are, they, they really are loud. You're 100% right with that. Sometimes I think I'm like, I shouldn't chew them. Like, if you're in a backyard at a barbecue and you're eating Doritos, no big deal. No big deal. No yes, big deal. correct. You won't hear that Dorito. It almost doesn't even exist. If nobody, if there's a lot of people around that can't hear the Dorito, did you really eat? Sorry, we got some. Stop with the Dor- we have our, our secretaries here. Danny here. Yeah, we're here. We're here. We had our uh, secretary step in for a quick question. <laughs> we need some paperwork. Nah, Bill, you're 100% right with the Doritos. They're fucking ridiculously loud. And you know what the you crazy thing? You don't realize it till you chew them in silence. Like you said. You don't realize it. Yeah, a it's a serious from problem. A caller, call in from a caller. No, no, for us, for the three hosts today. Do you have any? Do you have any questions for us? Oh, um, wow. I wasn't. I didn't come prepared actually with any questions for you guys. All right, that's fine. Did did uh, David Dougal? Did you guys go in and set yourself up a couple rapid fire questions for Dan? Yeah, I got a rapid fire. Yeah, I got a rapid fire over here. Uh, Danny. <laughs> yeah. You said earlier in the show you said you um, you um, pitched for Tom Tommy John and he was a coach. How was he? Was he cool or was he a dick? No, he was awesome, man. Tommy John, coolest dude ever. He had a hard time staying awake during the games. He would fall asleep in the dugout in the middle of the games. But he was the manager. He wasn't the pitching coach. The ma- the pitching coach was this Asian guy. I forget his name. He didn't play baseball. He was our pitching coach. He read books about pitching. What right? level? What level? This guy invent, invented the green screen. <laughs> yes, he told me. He goes. He goes. He goes. I remember I met uh, 
um, I forget who it was. He goes, I've never met a Hall of Famer before. And then he looked at me and said, I've never met anyone who won an Academy Award before or something like that. He won an Academy Award for inventing the green screen. He did. This guy, the pitching coach, if you look up who the pitching coach was of the 2009 Bridgeport Bluefish. I'm going to look it up. Keep talking. I'm going to look the it up. Tommy Ng. Tommy Ng. Tommy Ng. Oh, he's Pat Nagasaki. <laughs> Yo, but they, they, uh, <laughs> hey, do we know what Tommy Ng is? That with the by your uh, logic, hey, by your logic, um, Royals. Tommy Ng is a no. horrendous pitching coach. Bridgeport, worst Bluefish. of the worst. No, the guy actually had great points. Oh, oh, Dave was... said he has to suck because he never did it. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah you're going to Mike Francesca. Mike you're going to Mike Francesca. Shut he, the fuck he, up. He, he's not gonna, he was not going to analyze you as you're in the game and be like, this is why your ball's high. This is why this. He might throw some things that he read in the book at you like, this might be why your ball's high or this is why my, you know. Mechanics. Right, exactly. The guy but that's invented, important right. too. He's invented That's important screen. too. A guy who can analyze film like later on down the road and look at it and say, you know, this is happening or that's happening. You seem to be pulling off. No, it's a, leaning to the. You, to put bridge you, don't have to, you don't have to play the sport to be able to contribute it's and not, um, contribute to a player's success and productivity. It's not. It's an independent. I understand, but you got to understand. I can't respect the guy who's never done it. Yo, yo, Dan. Yeah. Who was your favorite wrestler growing up? You can't use Hulk Hogan. Favorite wrestler growing up, hands down, the Heartbreak Kid, oh, Shawn Michaels. Wow. Were you crushed with the uh, the Shawn Michaels move on him in uh, Canada? What is it oh, called, Billy? About the Rock- Genetti. You're no, no. about the Montreal Screwjob. Yes, the Montreal Screwjob. Oh, you don't know about that? Right. I don't know about this. He shouldn't be heartbroken. No, Danny shouldn't be heartbroken because Shawn Michaels stole the belt from Bret Hart. So Danny, Danny would be excited about that. This is a debate you got going on right now. My this new is- favorite wrestler, wrestler, though, is Kevin Michaels. Kevin, Kevin Matthews. Kevin Matthews. Oh baby. my God! How awesome! What an Kevin awesome career that kid, that dude had, man. I've well, only, you know, we should get Kevin Matthews on here. I've only had, I've only been to one ever wrestling event, live wrestling event, and Kevin took, Kevin went with me. He took us there. My, I remember my dad. We went and picked him up from there, and we saw a tag team belt change, and a non-televised event in Madison Square Garden with Kevin Matthews. Wow. But that was and when Madison he was, Square and that Garden? was when he was, you know, six four, a hundred pounds. Now he's, the kid's right. a freaking monster. I, I, we actually, me and Billy, Billy, we went together, right? Yeah, I've gone to see him like three times, but I went once with you with, with the kids. We, we went with the kids. Time. We saw him at St. Patrick's, and he was. I want. I always want to do that. I'm always working because I work the overnights. The overnights, yeah. I'm always working when he comes in. It, it's cool that he does it. He did good. You know, he came up and you know gave us a shout yeah. oh, and everything. That's awesome. It was cool. We had signs and everything. It was really yeah, good. Shot. What, Bill? Biggie or Tupac, Dan? Biggie or Tupac, Biggie. 100%. Biggie. Okay. Yeah. I just got one more rapid fire question. Yeah. Um, Dougal, who, what's that money transferring app that we use? Our That's sponsor? the Cash App. One of our sponsors, the Cash App. You tell us a little bit about Cash App? Uh, cash App, the number one app in finance. Do the most with your money. Get the Cash App. Download it from any platform. Um, cash App. Dan, do you have Cash App? I don't have Cash App, but I'm gonna download it today. Now that I know it's an official sponsor of the show. Yeah, and here and here's and here's a plus for that. Dan, how many push-ups do you think you could do right now? Right now, I could yeah. probably do ten. I don't think I can. Hey. Do, I, I'm straight dad bod right now. I'm a no, I am a no, I'm a this former a athlete. Former athlete. There's no athlete left of me. I couldn't even. App. I couldn't. 
Go ahead. I'm going to offer you on Cash App $1 for every push-up over 10 that you can do right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you want to do it? I actually don't want to do it. He does not want to take it off. You got and the great thing about I'm not trying to hurt myself for a few bucks. Three, four dollars. The great thing about the app is that you can get the money right away. You know, if you do more, if you do a certain amount of push-ups, the money gets sent to you right away. That's the great thing about Cash App. That's why we all use it. $1, $1, no fee. As you're doing the push-ups, I'm sending $1 at a time. Wow. Totally Damn. separate transaction. No fee right into the bank account. Is that, that, little, man. Is that over the I, I, iOS and Android? iOS and iOS yes. and Android. Great. Absolutely. Great. Hey, uh, Google, Pixel, whatever you got. Hey, Dave, how many push-ups can you do right now? Uh, consecutively, about 30. He's dad bonded too, though, and I noticed that just took a look. <laughs> everyone, everyone over thirty, you pay me one dollar on Cash App. Ready? Go ahead. Anyone over? <laughs> you pay me. One <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Dan. You count. Oh man. I actually, before we go or anything like that, I got a question for uh, Danny. Let me ask you, our masters, right? Who would you say our enemy was, uh, or our, our rival team? It was that black and white team, right? That Brooklyn team? And, and then yeah, there, was, uh, there was the... Uh, we also stole that pitcher towards the end there, John. Uh, the Brewers. Brewers, correct. Billy, would you agree with our enemies, Brewers? No, no. I, I think Brooklyn was our enemy because the only team we really couldn't beat in the playoffs. We beat I, everyone else at some point. Did we ever beat the... Listen. We this, did make the Brewers leave the league. Do you, do you want to make me put this on the spot? Do we ever beat the Brewers? Ever. As our masters. Ever. I'm pretty sure they left the league. So Zero times we've beaten the Brewers. <laughs> Billy, wow. have we ever beat the Brewers? I don't know. Listen, I didn't really know what was going on at all. Remember, I had like a whole bunch of really good ball players, and it's me. I was like, right. Billy, my shirt Billy, didn't fit. I was wearing like thermals under my shorts. <laughs> Billy, I'm gonna be like, honest here, with you. You go stand over there for a little while. You don't realize it, how valuable, whether it's soft or whatever, how valuable a player you were, because. You understood your role. Whatever it was, you came out. Yo, Bill, you're coaching first base. I need you to get a hit right now. Bill gets in there, gets a hit. Right over the second baseman's head. Right over the second baseman's head. That's what you do. You, do, you will never <laughs> understand it. You will never understand the value of that. No matter what you joke about it or anything like I will never put anything past you. I love abusing you. I love it. It's like my fucking so, favorite thing to so do. I actually... I actually, after our masters kind of broke up, I started playing with some other teams. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Bill. Before you go into that, I, I just want to bring something up. I'm, I'm leaning towards it, all right? So our, our, our worst enemy was the Brewers. Dougal, you were there when we played the Brewers, right? Yes. So I'm going to put out here, how does everybody on this podcast right now feel about two players going and playing with that team? Wearing their jersey, playing with them in a tournament, and not only that, hanging a picture in their house of them with that team. Mm. Let, let, well, let me here, I, I could, all right, that's fine, and I can speak about that only on one level, okay? Um, and it's just going to be from strictly from a, 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 a fandom level and a athletic level and a competitive level, um, as you guys well know, and the podcast is about to find out. I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, as a Boston Red Sox fan. Not a very oh easy God. thing to do. Idiot! Okay? Uh, I watched Roger Clemens go from the Boston Red Sox and play for the New York Yankees. I watched um, Johnny, Johnny Damon do the same thing. And then I watched Wade Boggs ride around Yankee Stadium on a, a horse. horse. Okay? <laughs> Jacoby <I suffered> Ellsbury. 
<laughs> fuck him. I. <laughs> American man, that's fucked up. I saw the around Yankee Stadium. I don't even know what that has to do with anything. But that I'm talking about some fucking clowns playing in a men's Sunday afternoon softball game. I'm talking about Wade fucking Boggs on the best a best two strike hitter in the history of baseball. Okay, he also pitched that season. They let him Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Oh my god. Bill, remember when you wore a suit to that softball game that time? As a starting catcher, I probably should have worn a suit every game because the oh. only ever hit I like I was wearing a three-piece double-breasted suit. Hold on, double-breasted triple XL. Am I right? No, yeah, you were hot that game too. You were on fire that game. It was kind of small on me. It was somebody else's seventh-grade conservation suit that I was wearing at 21 years old. <laughs> You slid, out, bro. Though. There was no play at the plate. You hit that ball in the gap, and you slid it home in this suit, bro. I tell you, I forget who was I, umping that game. They loved that. I think it was Mousy. That that was never that had never been done before. That's unprecedented. That was, listen, that was the rise of the legend of Billy Massiello in Brooklyn Rec League sports. That's where it all started. It continued down the line with other outrageous events, but that was that was a big moment for me. Okay. So let's not joke yeah. about it. Oh, I remember that. That was big. That was awesome. I remember that was, that awesome. was yesterday. Yeah, you did, you did great with that, Bill. I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> Bro, Bill, do you remember when you humped the top of the backstop at my game? Oh. No, I, mean, I used oh. to do some shit, you, man. I was fucked up. Bill, Bill, think about this. The ball, it was a foul ball. It got stuck at Bay 8th Street on the field on the left against telecommunications. I'll never forget this. And I was pitching... And the ball got stuck up, and they were like throwing their glove up, and you jumped up. You climbed up the whole fucking backstop, and you started humping the backstop. <laughs> to get the ball out? To get the ball out. Like there was a, a bar coming up, and you were fucking ripping it. Oh my god. <laughs> you know? That's because, see, here's the thing. I was, in my whole life, I've only been good at three things, and they all start with an F. And that's fighting, football, and the way I got that, that, that baseball down was fucking. <laughs> I fucked the ball. <laughs> Those are the three F's for me. Oh my God. Very humble, Bill. Very humble. Remember, speaking of Bay 8th Street, remember when we were like 17, 18, you had to, your mom gave you that um, that king size mattress to get rid of? She's like, get rid of it. So we went inside your minivan and we dumped it like off the side of the Bell Parkway. <laughs> like some FDS field. Remember that shit? Remember the time we drove upstate and we were smoking mad bogues in the car because we didn't want to open the window? And then we got upstate and there was like some kid with a BB gun and. People were throwing beers through the windows. That was a really weird fucking night. I think that was your fault, Dave. My fault? Yeah. Yeah. What did I do with that? That had something to do with you. No. I don't know. That definitely had something to do with you. Zero to Thomas do with me. Yeah. That was Rory. Yeah, that was Rory. It was a ticket. Billy was Shout out to Russo. Shout out to Russo. He's sitting there in his little ass courtroom, waiting to pay the parking ticket. In a suit, again, sticking with the suit. Um, um, <laughs> You know, storyline. He's sitting there. <laughs> 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 He's sitting there. This guy in orange jumpsuit who's cuffed in his hands and legs there for murder. He's sitting directly right next to him because his name is next in the docket. The judge calls him up. He's like, look, you could have just sent in the ticket to the mail, man. <laughs> <laughs> who's that, Thomas Dubrin? Oh, me. Oh, you, oh, Billy, you? Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I got taken away like the back room and shit. <laughs> Yo, Dan, you ever been arrested, Dan? Never been arrested, no. 
Good for you, man. Yeah, man. Always stay out of trouble, man. Let, uh, actually, let me ask you, what was your signing bonus? My sign was three hundred thousand dollars. What did that go towards? What did that go towards? Just living, An basically. An Impala. Did buy the Impala. Remember that? Yeah, I did have the Impala for a little bit. Yeah, but, I heard you had an Impala. Just, but when you're playing, like, now when I was in the minor leagues that year, I still had to get an apartment wherever I lived and all that. Real quick. So you get three. You. So what's your bonus? What's the bonus? The again? bonus. It was three hundred thousand. So right? three hundred thousand plus contract, plus whatever you make that year in the minor leagues, which is like eight fifty a month. So you right, need that three hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. Though, what are you seeing after taxes? You seeing one ninety five? I think it was. Right? So, so they they broke they broke it down into two tax two paychecks basically. So I got one August twenty something that in two thousand two, and then I got one January fifteenth of uh, two thousand three. You know, so it was yeah. two two tax years. But they took forty four thousand dollars of each one. You know. Yeah. That Oof. fucks you. Yeah. It yeah, really you, fucks you. No dependents and all that stuff. And you're single. It's $88,000. Professional athlete tax and shit like that. I, I went through the same thing. Like, I, I, uh, my parents passed. Yeah. I inherited you got your $300,000 bonus. What? Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> I inherited money and I had the beginning of the year. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out and not pay this tax. Yeah. They don't accept that. No, yeah. The fucking. The IRS don't accept they'll I'm say, not, They'll start taking your paycheck. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they crush you. They really... The interest is no joke on that shit. So you end up Less walking... Than a credit. Bill, what'd you say? Less than a credit card, though. What'd you say? Less than a credit card. It, oh, don't uh, get me started on credit cards. Credit cards are a fucking scam, bro. There's no... Oh, there's, when that cash app check comes in for you guys, you should probably pick up Mike for uh, Billy, a, a, an upgraded one maybe. I'm out in the woods now. I needed a cigarette. I left the studio. I'm in the woods. Yeah, Billy. That's hold on. Why. Bill, you got to explain to Danny. He doesn't understand where you are right now. Explain to him. I'm in the woods. I'm, I'm staring at two deer. Like right you got an, you're in a, you got an outhouse? Face to face. Why? Where do you live? No, I just pee in the rocks. I don't, I don't need an outhouse. I just pee in the rocks <laughs> on the side of my house. Oh my god. So, the I have it's actually a fake security camera. I don't know why I purchased a fake security camera and mounted it to the outside of my wall, but it's there. Oh. Scaring all the people away. And I stole somebody's ADT sign. Nobody's breaking into my house. <laughs> no, you good. They don't want to take that chance, you know. Roman shields your home. They do it free. And you get it that's actually all you get for free is the Sloman shield sign. Right. That's it. <laughs> Everything else you're paying for. <laughs> Yeah. Like, we'll give you a free, you really we'll give you a free updated system if you sign up for 20 years. <laughs> but but you know what? That's all you really need. Because think about it from a burglar's point of view. You're walking down the neighborhood. You're scoping out a spot. You see a Sloman Shield thing. You say, did eh. you pay for the service? Uh, <sighs> I'm going to go get Edna next door who definitely doesn't have the Sloman Shield. Right. I'm going to steal her purse. Is, is, Edna, <laughs> is Edna really your neighbor? I'm gonna no, I got no Edna's here. She used to be. Back in the day, right? <laughs> no, Edna's a family. She's a oh. family member, not a neighbor. She lived close by though. But not a I wouldn't call her a neighbor. I wouldn't even call you my neighbor, Dougal. You were not my neighbor. He was your neighbor. Would he you be my neighbor? He's no. two my houses neighbor down. Next door to me is my neighbor. Oh God. He's such a prick. Hey, hmm. it is it bees like that sometimes, homie. All right, with that, I'm done. I'm done with the podcast for tonight. We got anything else for Danny <laughs> while we're here? Did you think any questions? Me? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't have any questions for you guys. 
All right, well, everybody, be sure to stop by next week with Danny, D- with Danny, Billy, and Dougal, and we're going to have another special guest from Dick. <laughs> You're a dick. I, oh, man. All right. I live. All right, that's it. That's all. Hold on. Actually, before you, you had Tommy John surgery? I did have Tommy John. 2004. 2004 you had. So then, did you come back throwing harder? I, I came back throwing just basically the same. It didn't hurt anymore. That was a plus, you know, because I, I was hurting for a year or so before I, I finally freaking blew out. Do you think your pain was from curveballs? Because I know that's a whole theory nowadays. Right. And I, me particular, I don't believe it is. I don't think it was. I don't, you know, I blew out throwing a fastball when it finally popped on me. It like, just ripped? It was a fastball, yeah. And um, I tried to throw a couple more pitches after that, and it was not happening at all. But um, And that was in the minor leagues? That was in the minor leagues. That would have been my – if I went to college, back to that question, that would have been my junior year in college. I probably would have never been drafted. So you would have probably never got drafted. You probably got fucking released from your fucking scholarship. Right. So it was probably a better idea you didn't get drafted. Yeah, 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 that I went, yeah. Now, how many, how many colleges did uh, – Hello. 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 I think we got a caller. I don't know what happened there, but I'm recording anyway. How many colleges recruited you prior to being drafted? Lots, man. There's lots of them. The top notch. Yeah, yeah. Every single. I wanted to go to Miami. That's where I wanted to go, and uh, I just couldn't commit to the three years. You know. And I, Miami was like, come on, yo, you they called me like the two days before the SAT, and they were like, did you study and shit? And they're like, well, we need you What'd to you get What'd you get in the SATs? I got like a 940 or something like right. that. That was horrible. No, it's good enough to go, but, right? Yeah, they said, they called me, and they were like, get an 830. If you get an 830, we can it's give you better. money. <laughs> it was horrible, yeah. So I, I got a 940 using abacadabra on the test. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, when I took my SATs, I went there. Frankie Maynard was in my classroom. You could ask him, vouch for this. I went there, and I, I had taken my English regions prior, and I was like, yo, I got wrecked the night before my English regions. And I had like an 89. I was like, wow, mm. this is the way you do it. You get wrecked. So I go out the night before my SATs, and I'm like, I got fucking, I straight got wrecked till 6 a.m., went straight to the fucking SATs. I get there. And I like I fill out the thing, and the guy's like, "I'm like I'm done." He's like, "Bro, we haven't even got to the verbal part of this." I'm like, "Bro, I'm done. I'm over. It's over." He's like, "You gotta stay here for at least whatever it was hour and a half, two hours." I was like, "All right, boom, pass it. I got 960 on my Thank you, on half an hour. I was you get, and then the crazy thing, people don't believe that, but you guys, Frank, he was in my classroom, and I was yelling with the guy. I was like, "Bro, I'm done. I want to get out of here." I just filled in everything. I'm done. He's like, no, you can't leave until a certain point. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I ended up getting 960 or whatever it is. All right. Let's end this here.